This is the Paul Bunyan Country Outdoors Podcast, sponsored by Bemidji State University and Northwest Technical College. The Paul Bunyan Country Outdoors Podcast is also sponsored by Visit Bemidji and Grant Haven Campground. Paul Bunyan Country Outdoors covers the lakes, woods, trails, wildlife, and anything else going on outdoors in Paul Bunyan's playground. But first, if you love the outdoors and are looking for ways to align your education with future employment in the trades, Northwest Technical College in Bemidji is for you. Explore state-of-the-art technical education in six career paths, automotive, building trades, business, health, child care, and manufacturing technology, all in the heart of Minnesota's Northwoods, surrounded by more than 400 lakes and, of course, limitless forests. The shortest path to your dream job and a good bite is at NTC, Bemidji's Technical College. Learn more today. Visit ntcmn.edu. Thank God it's Friday. Gonna cast out a line. Day afternoon. Sun is flying oh so high. I'm a peaceful kind of guy. Most usually. But I'm hunting on the fishes in the deep blue sea. Making sure my bait is all nice and stinky. Gonna add a little lead and make the bait go sinky. We can wait another day to do the patchwork laundry. Cause now we're going fishing on Bunyan Country. Weather's definitely got a summertime feel, but I'm sorry, we're not fishing Paul Bunyan Country yet. We are previewing fishing Paul Bunyan Country, however. And today, another gem of Paul Bunyan Country is in the spotlight. It's Leech Lake. We'll hear from Carl Peterson, the large lake specialist out of the Walker area office about that beautiful lake. And Steve Sapaniak will help us get ready for the opener as well. It's all coming up. When planning your trip up north, plan to park your RV or camper at the spacious Grand Haven RV Campground in Bemidji. You'll be in the perfect area to ride ATV, fish, hunt, and hike. With free parking for your boats and trailers and located just off Highway 2 west of Bemidji, Grand Haven Campground is the center point for your next Northland adventure. Fish hundreds of surrounding lakes and cruising the miles and miles of the ATV trails northern Minnesota has to offer. Visit GrandHavenCampground.com and book your stay today. Once again, putting the spotlight on one of the uh, gems of Paul Bunyan country, and this time it is Leech Lake. Certainly a legendary lake in our area, and Carl Peterson, the large lake specialist out of the Walker area office, has all the details. Carl, thanks for taking the time today. No, glad to be here, Kevin. Thank you. Well, Leech Lake is is definitely a lake that uh, is very, very well known, very, very popular, and very, very productive. Um, I, I don't think we need to go into the uh, the whole uh, details on uh, on the reclamation project that we had quite a few years ago, but I think the the thing that's worth noting on that is once we understood what was going on and we took the the steps that were needed, you know that walleye population came right back. Then now you're you're back to natural reproduction. So that just shows how productive that water is. Yeah, it's a great natural. You know, I guess it's not a natural walleye because it does have a dam on it, but it's a great natural reproducing lake. We haven't had to stock it since you said like the recovery efforts that that were that took place in the 2000s we haven't had to stock it since 2014 and our population the walleye population is is actually above our management goals right now and it has been for a couple of years so the uh the ability of those walleyes to reproduce and you know continue to produce is 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 pretty nice in there and and if you look at the the graphs that we put together for how strong the year classes are we've just had consistent recruitment every year since all 2007 2008 you know every year we're producing good numbers of fish and and knock on wood that keeps going 
It's a massive body of water, certainly, and the thing that makes it very cool and I think very productive for so many species is it's kind of uh, like there were it, – it feels to me like at one time there were like four or five lakes there and something happened. I don't know if it was the Ice Age or whatever, and, and then the one – the water covered it all up, but it's like several different bodies of water, really. Yeah, it's real unique. You know, we've, we've got uh... – you know, Walker Bay, which is on the western side of the lake, it's it's deep and clear and cold, 150 feet deep. And then, uh, you know, just to the north of that is Steamboat Bay, and and it, you know, Steamboat Bay averages like eight feet deep. The whole the whole thing. So, and it's more of a bass pan fish. Although, I took a group in there last year. We were looking for perch, and we found a bunch of walleyes back up in the up in the rice up there. So. It uh, it's definitely a, a unique lake, and you get a mix of, of every any kind of fishing you want in there. Really, it's it's pretty nice for that. It is. I mean, we know it's a world class walleye fishery. We know it's a world class musky fishery. Such a world class musky fishery, Carl, that uh, every other lake in the state wants your your muskies in that in their lake. Right. Yeah. So every four years, the it's called the Leech Lake Strain of Muskies, and it's. Uh, it's known for growing big fish, the Duluth Lake strain of muskies. So what we do is every four years we'll go in there and we'll collect spawn materials. We'll collect eggs and sperm from the, the males and females in there, and, and we'll hatch those fish out and we'll stock them throughout the state. And then we'll use those fish that we've stocked into other lakes in the state to stock the rest of the lakes in the state. So then every four years we'll go in and get you know more fresh genetics. So we just kind of keep it going and keep mixing the you know some fresh genetics into the into the entire state and it works so far it's working fairly well you also are very very well known statewide and actually nationally for your bass populations not only largemouth but now smallmouth yeah we're starting to see you know we're with the we had zebra mussels show up in in 2016 and 2017 and just this past year is the first year that we've really really seen them spread out throughout the lake so you know we were pulling nets and in the northeastern corner of the lake and seeing zebra mussels and in southwest the whole, the whole it's it's they're really spread out through the entire lake and we don't know how that's going to affect things the walleye population the bass population the pike or whatever so we're definitely tracking those trends to see how those zebra mussels are going to affect things and change water quality but the one thing that we are seeing and i don't know if it, i can't say that's attributed to the zebra mussels but we're definitely seeing an increase in smallmouth numbers in the lake so we're starting to see them more in the creel surveys, and we're hearing anecdotal evidence of, you know, guys bouncing jigs out in the main lake and all of a sudden getting into a, a big pile of smallmouth and just catching, you know, just catching one after the other and being pretty tickled about it. So we're, see, we're, we're assuming that those changes are going to continue, and, and uh, hopefully we'll have a, a, a pretty good fishery out there for them as well as, a, you know, the great walleye fish that we already have. So, Well, like we said, walleyes, um, um, bass, muskies, You've got a pretty darn good uh, bluegill population. You've got great crappie fishing at times during the year as well. Um, Pretty much every species you want, uh, leech is one of the top lakes in the state for. Yeah, it is. And, you know, you you mentioned the the panfish, the bluegills and the crappies, and we uh the the thing about those is they're fairly concentrated in their smaller shallower bays and when people get on those those you know a hot bite especially in the spring that they can they can really knock those numbers down pretty pretty good so we've been having conversations we've got an input group on the lake that we work with stakeholders and business owners and uh and guides and and government and non-government agencies and entities that we work with to you know to share what we're doing on the lake and what they're seeing on the lake and the one thing that uh, was brought 
brought up consistently for a number of years was the fact that it looks like the, that anecdotal evidence that uh, those panfish populations are getting hit pretty hard. So, And we are seeing that a little bit in our creels. We haven't had a creel since 2019, unfortunately. It would be really nice to have some of that data, but with the COVID and all that. Mm-hmm. So, But we, what we did do is we... Uh, we put it out there. We made a proposal to reduce the panfish regulations along with the quality sunfish initiative going on uh, statewide. And there was definitely a strong support for uh, for including those regulations on Leech Lake. And uh, we implemented those regs here a couple of years ago. So on, on Leech, it's a five daily bag limit for bluegills and in crappies right now and hopefully the idea is to spread out some of that harvest and and maintain those those big fish that we have in the lake and, and don't clean them out too bad yeah i think uh you know that's that is uh kind of the way we've gone and and really that i know that you know well, multiple hundreds of lakes now have gone to that way the last two years and really hasn't been a lot of outcry it seems like people understand why we're doing it and they want good you know, good panfish in their lakes. So this has, I thought, been received quite well overall. Yeah, it's changed, you know, just in the few years that I've been in this large lake position that uh, that we we asked them in 2016, the anglers, and they were, you know, I think it was close to 70% were in support of that regulation change back then even, and then it uh, it just continued. So it's, you know, you definitely get some people that, that, that aren't fans of it, but the vast majority of people are, are definitely, definitely uh, happy with that regulation and are, and are asking for it on a number of other lakes. But I think we'll, you know, we'll, we'll stick with what we got for now and, and uh, see how things are, are going in a couple of years here. Well, I admire somebody taking the large lake position on, uh, on Leech Lake because it, there's so many stakeholders, so many people who have an vested interest, whether it be the city of Walker, whether it be, you know, guides, uh, resorts, um, people who own homes. There's uh, that, that lake affects a lot of people and a lot of people, I'm sure, like to share their opinions. So uh, it's, it's got to be a challenging position at times. Well, you know, luckily for for me right now, the people that had this position before me, and uh, set up some pretty good, pretty good systems working with these, you know, like I said, that input group and the constituents on the lake. So it made my job a whole lot easier. And and thankfully, right now, uh, fishing is really good on the lake. So that makes it a whole lot easier to go to the grocery store and go to church <laughs> here in town. For sure. <laughs> yes, I I imagine it does. Um, so. Do you have any idea how many uh, people hit the water uh, uh, on that lake in the course of a year? Yeah, you know, back in the, I, I got angler hours, you know, when, mm-hmm. in 2019, we did a creel survey and a December creel survey. I think the, it was something like 700,000 angler hours that we did, that we saw, we, you know, we interviewed 2,000 people on the lake. So that uh, we haven't seen significant increases. You know, there's been a few more people here, like, you know, two years ago with the, the, people not going to their offices and COVID and all that, but mm-hmm. uh, we don't quite see the numbers that they see up on Red Lake and Lake of the Woods, but uh, it's still it's still pretty strong numbers here on the lake, summer and winter. This past winter, it was, you know, with the snow conditions and on the ice travel conditions were kind of challenging, but uh, we do have some, some new resorts that have been, been uh, starting to get into the winter plowing business, so we're starting to see more access and easier access for people as long as they don't, you know, don't mind going through the resort. So that's been kind of helpful for some of those ice anglers in the wintertime. You know, that's one of the things that, you know, I read you obviously hear about ice angling and 
you know, I live I live in Bemidji, so I see the houses out in Bemidji, and of course Lake of the Woods, and you know, but as good a lake as as Leech is, and I know there's an ice bite there, they are pretty quiet about it. Yeah, the. Uh you know, I guess it's, I don't know if it's more of a local lake. It seems like it's maybe some of those destination guys, they'll go going up to Red or whatever. But uh, we definitely get a few, you know, definitely plenty of ice anglers here for sure. And it's nice to see. So this year with such, it was such a windy winter for us that, you know, the guys would, would plow the roads open and, you know, turn around and on the way back in, you'd have to plow it all open again. So I know a lot of folks that I know that had ice houses and it's like, you know, they're, they're, they're bigger you know, wheelhouses just finally pulled them off and said i've had enough you know it's just enough dealing with it this year and i'll come back and come back in next winter we'll try it again so yeah that was not unique to leach by the way (laughs) right (laughs) lots more good stuff on leach lake with carl peterson the large lake specialist out of the walker area office later on in the show but up next we're going to help you get ready for the opener with steve saponiak of predator guide service down Malax way on fishing paul bunyan country Hi, this is Dick Beardsley, Bemidji Area Fishing Guide. I'd like to invite you to come to our beautiful town of Bemidji. We've got over 400 lakes in our area teeming with walleye, pike, muskie, bass, and panfish. We're the gateway to the Chippewa National Forest. We've got miles upon miles of biking and hiking trails. Paul Bunyan and Bathe the Blue Ox. Fine shops and eateries in downtown Bemidji. Headwaters of the mighty Mississippi at Itasca State Park. Beautiful resorts, hotels, and bed and breakfasts. Visit Bemidji one step further. Hey, we're checking in with Steve Sapaniak from Predator Guide Service. Uh, he spends a lot of time on Mille Lacs. And Steve, you're just telling me it is now open on Mille Lacs. That is great news. It's fantastic news. I'm excited to get up there and get a little fishing done again. I was up there uh, last, uh, it was Sunday, up on the property, and uh, it was a puddle up there, all the rain we had. I had to go into my cabin and get a little work done. When I came back out, every part of me was as muddy as could be, but uh, we're drying up. The ice is gone. Uh, the crappies are starting to go. So, yeah, everything is good. I'm excited to get out. Well, you know, and... and uh now that that's open and it's looking much more likely that it's going to be open up here and as well by the time the opener rolls around, what can we anticipate um, with this later than average ice out as far as where the fish are going to be and, and what they're going to be biting on? That's a great question, Kevin. Think shallow, folks. Everything is going to be shallow. You still got walleyes that are stocked up, you know, from uh, staging for the spawn. They're going to be in the shallow waters. Same with the northern pike. The crappies are, have been going late this year, but they're just starting to go. So that's a good two to three weeks behind the schedule. But I would definitely, Kevin, think shallow. That's the key right now. You know, try to find your transition zones, folks, when you're fishing, like, say, sand to rubble or where it goes from rubble to rocks. You know, that's your transition zones. In the shallow waters, the walleyes will be hanging there because those transition zones offer different kind of uh, aquatic crustaceans for them to eat and everything. So I would concentrate on anything from four feet, three feet of water, Kevin, to possibly nine to 12 at the very, very most. And remember, if you can fish in the evening at dark, you know, think shallow again, three feet, two feet. I would start throwing crankbaits in the evening. You can cast from shore. You know, if you don't have a boat and have some pretty good luck with the walleyes. But, uh, yeah, again, you know, I sound like a broken record, but shallow is going to be the key. When are you going to get out there uh, for the first time? When? I'm going to be up there opening day. I'm going to be up there the night before. I might even go out at 12.01 and start fishing on Mille Lacs Lake. 
I love bobber fishing at night. You know, lighted bobbers, is you can't beat it. It's exciting to watch that bobber go up and down, and all of a sudden it takes off like a little steam engine underwater. And you don't know if you got a 14-inch walleye or the trophy of a lifetime. <laughs> well, I thought maybe you, you might even go for crappies beforehand. Oh, most definitely. Yeah. Definitely, yeah. I mean, there's a bay, right? You know, I'm on walk-on bay, so I'm going to be out there, you know, trying to get something going there as far as the crappies and everything go. There's no doubt. Or I might hit one of the little local lakes. You know, they've opened up already, a, you know, a good three weeks to a month ago, and the crappies are going pretty good there, you know. But Friday is definitely the key to get up there and start getting some fishing done. I know around uh, St. Cloud, Spicer, uh, Alexandria area, even over east of Mille Lacs Lake, you know, the crappies have been going pretty good already for a week. So, yeah, you just might see me out there with a crappie rod, too. <laughs> well, when it comes to uh, walleyes, I mean, uh, the one thing about early season and even into, you know, mid to late June, depending on the weather, uh, it's pretty easy. It's jig and minnow. It starts to t- change a little bit into June. But uh, those first few weeks of uh, walleye fishing, you don't have to think too hard on, on what you're doing and where you're going to be. Exactly. You know, minnow combination with a jig is always good, Kevin. You know, bouncing off the bottom, you know, that's uh, that's a good choice to go with any time of the year. Fishing the rock reefs, if you have any rock reefs close to shore, jig and minnow is a good combination also. You know, another thing, too, with the jig and minnow, instead of sitting there bouncing it and everything, just let it sit for a while. You'd be surprised how many walleyes come by and pick it up. And like you said, you know, in a couple of weeks, it's going to start transitioning over from jig and minnows to leeches. They'll still bite the jig and minnows, but they really take a preference to leeches. So, uh, great combination on Mille Lacs Lake is we like to lindy rig, you know, with the leeches in a couple mm-hmm. of weeks. I want to start off with at least a four, four, uh, four to six foot snail, Kevin. I make my own. Uh, by the time the end of June comes around, uh, close to July 4th, we're fishing with snails anywhere from 10 to 12 feet long. And that's the key on lakes like Mille Lacs Lake, you know, when you got that later walleye bite, is go with a longer snail. The trick is, when you got your sinker, don't drag it on the bottom. I know you and I have talked about this many times on the show. Touch bottom, and with your wrist, lift up three inches. It does a couple things for you. One, when you touch bottom and lift up right away, it causes a puff of dust and a little bit of noise. Any walleye in the area is going to scoot over and take a look at it, thinking it's a crayfish. And this way, when you touch bottom and lift up, you have a clean presentation. When you drag that sinker, you're causing a dust cloud continuously. And your leech goes through that dust cloud or your minnow. No walleye is going to see it. So keep that in mind. You're not 20 feet behind the boat. You're right below the boat. Okay. Um, not looking for any real secret lakes, but, you know, some, some you know good-sized lakes that we maybe don't think about that would be good early-season walleye options. Good, good, good size lakes, good early season walleye options besides Mille Lacs. Yeah, besides Mille Lacs. Yep, you got Farm Island is a good lake. Okay. Just north of Mille Lacs Lake. Uh, Ripple Lake is a fantastic, it's northeast. It's a fantastic panfish lake, but it's got really some nice size walleyes in it also, Kevin. Knife Lake, south of Mille Lacs Lake, has got a good abundance of walleyes of all sizes. You know, right now, you know, you got a lot of people catching crappies from shore, and they're starting to catch walleyes over there on Knife Lake. So you got some good choices there. Shakopee, just west of Mille Lacs, has some nice walleyes in there. It's a small lake. Uh, and, you know, if you go into that parking lot and it's already packed, just go find a different lake to fish because it's only 600 acres. And when you've got over 100 people in there, it's crowded. 
Right. I mean, and that's the one thing about Mille Lacs. Uh, very seldom does it get too crowded. There's a lot of room on that lake, but there are times where the walleyes are packed into just a few different areas. So um, you, thinking about those other options is always good. It is a good choice. You know, think of other options, like you said, different lakes, you know, and, and that'll always work in your favor, Kevin. Here's another thing i like to point out. Don't be that guy. And what I mean by that, people, is don't be that person that gets to the landing on Lake Bemidji or gets to the landing on Mille Lacs Lake and you got your boat full of other stuff. And you don't think about taking the other stuff out until you're at the <laughs> your turn to back your boat in. I've seen that. I sit at the landing, was it, three years ago. And I just watched people. And I was about the 10th in line. And I just decided to move out. And I did, Kevin. I moved out of line. I sat on the side. I watched boat number seven, who had two bikes in it. He had two tubes in his boat <laughs> and a small grill. When number seven's turn came to back up, he decided, oh, and he also had a little chest of drawers. When it was his turn to back up is when he decided to take everything out of the boat. Wow. He could not understand why people were hollering at him. I walked over there, and I looked at the gentleman. I said, you got a lot of people mad at you. He goes, yeah, I can't understand why. I said, really? You really can't understand why? I said, you wait to the very end to unload your boat. So, people, don't be that person, you know, yeah. and don't hold up the crowd neither. Get your boat in the water, park your vehicle, and go out fishing right away and have fun. But think of others in courtesy. Yeah, I mean, there's uh, you've had all winter <laughs> to clear out your boat. <laughs> so, don't, you're right. Don't wait until the last minute. It's, uh, it, it's you know, ah. People uh, do that routinely at many different lakes, Steve. It's amazing to me after all these years and all these uh uh, you know, the state of Minnesota where pretty much everybody's gone fishing at least once, that that's still not in people's brains sometimes. No, it's not. In fact, I wrote an article uh, two years ago for Outdoor News about the same topic. I mentioned vehicle number seven with the two bikes, two tubes, and a little chest of drawers in there and everything. And I had a picture. It's a picture of a boat crowded with everything in it, and it's opening weekend. It's opening day. You know, it's like, wow. Seriously? I know there's a lot of good people out there, and there's a lot of great people. You know, so like I said, don't be that guy or don't be that gal. You know, think of courtesy. And, you know, Kevin, it's just not the landing. You know, I have watched people go right on top of other people on the lake because they're catching fish, and the other person is, and they can't. So they go right next to them. They get so close, Uh you can't even throw a line out on that side of the boat because they're right there. You know, I wish there was a law. I talked to the game wardens. He said, unfortunately... He said, there is nothing. He says, we can't do nothing, you know, but that's just the way it is, he, he said. Well, and, you know, at least try to be considerate enough, Kevin, to stay 50 feet away. Right. I know over by um, uh, Nisswa area, there's an old uh, gentleman, and I can't remember the name of the lake, and even if I could, I don't think I'd mention it. They <laughs> call him Bumper Bob. He has no problem bumping your boat with his boat because he's trying to get you out of the out of his spot no one owns the lake and no one has their own spot you know so uh don't be that guy <laughs> right oh absolutely well steve we're uh we're less than two weeks away from the opener and as as you noted your lake uh well what most of your lakes down there are open certainly Malax is i was just uh taking a look uh, there were some pictures today of aerial views of lakes in minnesota and you know, Malax was wide open, and all the ones up here still have a lot of ice on them. But the wind's going to blow. The heat is happening. Uh, we're seeing a lot more open water on Bemidji right out the door from where I'm at right now. So uh, I think we're in pretty good shape to be able to not worry about any ice on, on the water by the time the opener rolls around. 
I think you guys will be good. I know I went to uh, Bemidji last Friday. I was heading up to our hunting property with one of my sons, and we stopped at uh, Buffalo Wild Wings for a bite to eat, and the lake was opening up pretty good already, Lake Bemidji, so I'm, I'm confident you guys will have really good luck. Red Lake was open around shore. I tell you, and there was some ice heaves. It was just drop-dead gorgeous, beautiful ice heaves and everything. You know, uh, nature, you know, what God can deliver and show us, you know, is just awe-inspiring. But, yeah, I believe you guys will be good, and it should be a good opener. Yeah, I think it will be. I definitely think it will be. I think we're going to get it out of here in time for it to be a, a good opener. And we, obviously, the walleyes will be hungry. So, uh, you know, uh, I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, it's going to be a great time. Go have fun. You know, chicken minnow works great. If you know, if nothing else, try try the one I love, and I'd love to do it at night. But you can do it during the day, Kevin. You know, soak a soak a minnow or a leech below a bobber. You know, the trick is like on Malax, especially don't fish more than six inches off the bottom. That's the key. If you want to catch more walleye, sure, they'll come up if you're two feet off the bottom. But if you want to catch more over a Mille Lacs, fish right near the bottom. All right, Steve, if uh, people are thinking of making a trip down Mille Lacs Way sometime this year and uh, want an expert guide, how they, can they get signed up with you? You know what? Thank you, Kevin. Hey, folks, just check out my website, PredatorGuideService.com. Check it out. I've got my prices there. Be happy to take you walleye fishing, smallmouth fishing. If you want to go for the elusive muskie, we can do that. We've taken four over 40 pounds, and we've got two that were up at the 50-pound mark. One was over 50, and the other one was at the 50-pound mark. Uh, trophy pike, we've taken 1,400, Kevin, over 20 pounds. I would say out of those 1,400, my guide service, 1,200 were off of Mille Lacs alone. So we've got the trophies. We just need you to come and join us. All right, Steve Sapaniak from uh, Predator Guide Service. Thanks for your time today, as always, Steve. My pleasure, Kevin. Thank you. Still to come, more with Carl Peterson, the Large Lake Specialist out of the Walker Area Office, as we continue to put the spotlight on Leech Lake. This is Fish and Paul Bunyan Country. If you're fascinated by what you're hearing today... Bemidji State University might be the place for you when it comes to college. They're located amid the lakes and forests of the Northwoods, and it's the only place in Minnesota where you can earn a four-year degree in aquatic biology. It's a state-of-the-art program on the shores of Lake Bemidji, giving you high-tech lakeside facilities and ample opportunity for research and a hands-on education. You can choose fisheries biology, aquatic systems, or wetlands ecology. An aquatic biology education at Minnesota's premier Northwoods University it's the right fit for you. Visit BemidjiState.edu. Carl Peterson, my guest today. He's the Large Lake Specialist out of the Walker Area Fisheries Office. And we are putting the spotlight on another one of the gems of Paul Bunyan Country, Leech Lake. And Carl, I know you weren't able to do creel surveys in the last couple of years because of COVID. But, you know, due to COVID and, and Canada shutting down, I know there was uh, some anecdotal evidence of a lot more pressure on on some other lakes where they people staying in the states did you see that on leech as far as you know we saw it a little bit what we do have on the lake it's you know it's a very very crude tool that we have but we've got car counters at uh, some of the main public accesses and those numbers were up a little bit but not you know not hugely high and the problem with that is you can't since we don't have a crew clerk out there you know asking those people that are driving in the boat ramp are they just you know driving into city park here in town to eat their lunch down at the boat ramp or are they actually heading out on the lake ice angling so it it gives us a very crude rough estimate to what's out there and like i said the numbers were up a teeny bit but but not not outrageously high for this for this year for us 
Let's talk a little bit about the AIS. I think that's obviously very important statewide. We know that. But um, zebra mussels in particular, you said it's starting to spread more lake-wide. Are you seeing changes in uh, the, the water clarity because of them yet? We haven't seen appreciable changes in the water clarity, and that's the one nice thing that we have, you know, talking about our the constituents, constituents that we work with. We, we've done some additional sampling out on the lake as well. We worked with the Leech Lake Association in uh, Cass County, and the, between the three of us, the three of organizations, we're, we're doing some additional sampling. So we're doing some, it's called phyto sampling, basically. It's just sampling the algae that's in the lake, you know, mm-hmm. the, the things that the tiny fish eat, that the bigger fish, the bigger fish, and bigger fish eat. So we're trying to get an idea if, if that bottom rung of the food chain is going to change at all. And uh, the lake the lake association collects those samples for us, and then and we ship them off, and we analyze the data. So we're looking at those things. Um, water clarity, we haven't seen a huge difference. The same thing, the Lake Association, they're collecting water clarity data on that when they're out there doing their samples as well, and they're also collecting some water samples. And uh, we haven't noticed that. The other thing is that uh, that we did find some, I shouldn't say we did, I didn't find it, but starry stonewort in the lake now, mm-hmm. that uh, in up in Steamboat Bay, one of our smaller, more shallow bays, that uh, that... that more of the tribal interest is the Leech Lake Division of Resource Management is looking at doing some studies on those along with uh, along with Cass County and the DNR as well. Okay. So <clears throat> the big concern with those are in Steamboat Bay, it's pretty extensive right wild rice beds, and that's where they with where they found the starry stonewort. It's just outside of one of the harbors, and then it's uh, you know about five, six, seven, eight acres of starry stonewort mixed in with the wild rice, and they don't know if that uh, starry stonewort's going to affect wild rice production or if it's just filling in the gaps in between the rice or not so that's they're going to be looking at that and studying that here as, as we go in in future years and hopefully they went in and, and tried to clean it out a little bit do some some hand removal and some pulling last fall to try to knock some of that down but we'll see how that spreads throughout the lake if, if it does yeah, we've been talking about fishing, of course, but um, that's another. That wild ricing is a very important part of the lake as well, and part of that uh, that culture of Leech Lake. Oh yeah, it's very, very, very strong part of the culture up there. And you know, you see, you see quite a few of the folks up there. I live just off the reservation, and, and we do some ricing over there as well. So, but it, you know, it's a great resource on the lake, and like I said, it, super historical significance, and it's it's very nice for for uh, those tribal interests to have that resource. I think the one uh, good news that we can take away, uh, well, at least we can hold on for now, uh, when it comes to uh, zebra mussels is, um, you know, if you look at lakes that have had it, um, it's been more of an adjustment of where the fish are than an effect on the fish. That's the the, the very short-term, um, you know, results we've seen. And so that, that I, I think, is, is hopeful for the future. You hope that that's the worst that comes out of it. Yeah, and that's what we're seeing so far, you know, in, in a number of these lakes that have are well far ahead of the infestation that we are that uh you know there's still fish out there there's still plenty of walleyes it's just maybe you might have to fish for them a little bit different and they might be feeding more on the bottom of the lake or you know in different spots of the lake and things might change around a little bit you might have to fish a little bit more low light periods instead of in the middle of the you know out there at noon on a sunny day so just some some adjustments but but uh, i guess I'm hopeful at least that uh, the lakes that we've looked at that have had infestations for a while have have not seen, you know, 
really, really significant impacts from them. There are definitely some changes, but hopefully we can you know manage those as we go. I think it was Jim Flesh who used to tell me it was a baker's hour's bite on Leech Lake, and, and that might change a little. Yep, I think that one's definitely going to change probably <laughs> for sure. Anything else we should talk about before we wrap it up? You know, I think I think that's covered most of what I was thinking about. You know, the the uh, great fishing we have, like great walleyes out there. The perch numbers may be a little bit down, but uh, pike numbers are incredibly consistent on the lake. You know, we've always had between, you know, four to six fish per net and some decent fish, you know, up to 35 inches we got in our samples last year. And occasionally, especially, you know, from the muskie tournaments, still we'll hear one in the 40s or whatever. We, uh, we did catch... Leech isn't known for really big walleyes. You know, it's 27s, 28s are fairly common, but we did see a, a 31 in our in our sampling nets. And the fun thing was it was barely caught in one tooth, so I was able to get a length on it real quick and, and throw it back in the lake. So it's hopefully still swimming around there somewhere so somebody can catch it. So. All right. It's a, it's a tremendous uh, fishery, there's no doubt, and uh, it's, it stays very strong in, in all, again, in all the uh, things we like, except, as you mentioned, perch. Again, uh, that's not a Leech Lake-only phenomenon. Uh, perch concerns are, are statewide on a, on a lot of different lakes, and I know there's a big study going on about that now, so hopefully we can get some answers down the road when it comes to the perch. Yeah, our research folks, or and Leech Lake is part of that perch study that they're doing, so we collected a few perch for them so they could look at it, you know, growth rates and maturity rates. So are they maturing super early so they just don't get big enough that, uh, you know, if the, the we rarely see a mature male on Leech Lake in our sampling gear, or an immature male, I should say. So, you know, the the perch are maturing like when they're four or five inches when they're males. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they once they mature, they're just putting all their energy into, into growing the, the, you know, growing more baby fish as opposed to getting bigger and bigger and bigger. So, you know, you might be seeing smaller fish because of that. But, you know, the nice thing, especially this last year on Leech, we had that super early warm-up. But uh, it, it leveled out, so we were pretty nervous that we were going to have starting to lose some of our ciscos on the lake because it, you know, those warm temperatures, the ciscos can't take it. But luckily for us, it warmed up very early in the summer of 2021, and then it leveled out, and we had pretty good water temps throughout the summer. So we saw really, really good growth on our our young walleyes. So our average going into the into the winter is about six inches. Well, the ones we saw last year were seven inches going into the into the winter. And the bigger the walleye is going into the winter, the better it is able to survive. So, so hopefully we'll see some pretty good. You know that reproduction held pretty good last year, and and it'll stick around. And and like I said, those ciscos that were in the lake, we're seeing some decent numbers of ciscos. And that uh, we I didn't hear of any any you know talk of any die-offs last summer at all so hopefully they have some of those to feed on and just the the number of the number of minnows that we saw just just tremendous i remember standing on a friend's dock in south walker bay and you know these small little mimic shiners just a cloud that went by it was must have been 15 minutes just a solid stream of you know big cloud of mimic shiners so there's there's plenty of things out there in the lake for fish to eat and hopefully they'll keep doing good for a while all right. Uh, well, Professor Carl, if uh, Leech Lake was your student, uh, what grade would you give it? Well, I guess it depends on if you talk to Tony Kennedy up there on Cass Lake yet, because I always got to go one grade above whatever he <laughs> says. I haven't been able to chase him down yet. So, all right. Well, I'll, you know, I, I I think I'm fairly consistent on Leech. It's it's hard to argue with what's going on out there with the with the decent 
you know, great panfish and pike and muskies and walleyes and everything. So a little bit of concerns with AIS. So I'd say probably I'd, I'd have to give it an A minus, at least as far as I would go. You know, some things we need to improve are things that could improve, like the AIS. But uh, still, it's, if you like to catch fish, it's a pretty good place to go. It is indeed. Uh, Carl Peterson is the Large Lake Specialist on uh, Leech Lake from the Walker Area Fisheries Office. Carl, thanks for your time today. Yep, no problem, Kev. Thank you. Well, a week from Saturday, it is the opener, and so next week's going to be power-packed as well. We're going to learn all about the Park Rapids area fisheries scene. With the new area supervisor, Wade Masur, we'll talk otter tail country fishing with Eric Osberg. Tony Kennedy's got another big lake to talk about, Walleye Factory Red. Mark Bacigalupi of the Brainerd Area Fisheries Office will be talking Brainerd Lakes with us. Dick Beardsley and Toby Cavallibog will stop in next week. And, of course, the Governor's Fishing Opener is coming to Paul Bunyan Country, the heart of the Chippewa National Forest. So we'll have tons of stuff from the Governor's Opener as well. And hopefully we'll have all liquid water by a week from Saturday, too. That's it for this week. I'm Kev Jackson. Thank you for being here. I'm in Paul Bunyan Country. This has been the Paul Bunyan Country Outdoors Podcast, sponsored by Visit Bemidji and Grand Haven Campground. The Paul Bunyan Country Outdoors Podcast is also sponsored by Bemidji State University and Northwest Technical College. And don't forget, you can listen to Fish and Paul Bunyan Country on KB101 FM and KBUN Sports Radio 104.5 weekdays, as well as Paul Bunyan Country Outdoors Saturday mornings on KBUN Sports Radio 104.5, B93.3 in Brainerd-Baxter, and Kick FM in Alexandria. <laughs>